everybody and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We are recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week we're hearing from my sponsor, Heather E. She gave a great talk about her experience setting boundaries. Please enjoy. Hey everybody. My name's Heather. I've, uh, I'm an adult child. Um, I've been in this program since um, 2012. Um, and uh, it's really saved my life, changed my life. Uh, and I still struggle a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's okay. Um, welcome to anybody that's new. Um, I don't speak for ACOA. I speak for myself and my own experience. Um, everything that I share today in terms of tools and um, program stuff is, is things that I learned from people here. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for that experience. Um, and it's been a really painful journey. Um, I like to tell people uh, or warn people uh, for me, anyway, um, the pain, I, I felt worse before I felt better in this program, taking this journey. It's a really intense journey, or it can be. And um, um, being an ACOA, I want to do everything by myself, and that's not a safe thing to do in ACOA. I needed um, a fellow traveler um, so I could go to the dark places that I needed to go to in order to um, shine some some sunlight in there, um, disinfectant. Um, so today um, I'm gonna talk about uh, what I consider to be a tool, uh, boundaries. Um, and I'm gonna read what it says here in the red book about boundaries. This is page 346, questions and answers about ACA. What is a boundary? There are different types of boundaries, but their purposes are to allow us to remain safe, respected, and free of harm. All boundaries remind us that the feelings, behaviors, and attitudes of others are separate from our own. The feelings and thoughts of others are not our responsibility. Whoa. We can feel empathy for another person and show compassion, but we are separate from the other person. One type of boundary is a statement or a request that we communicate to someone. The statement is usually a request for a particular behavior to cease or to be modified. When we establish a boundary, we must be willing to follow through. We must honor our boundary, even if others do not. For example, if we ask someone who is verbally abusive to stop the behavior in our presence, we must be willing to walk away from the person if they remain abusive. We do not negotiate our boundary with the person. We avoid haggling over why the person does not honor it. 
We state our boundary clearly and honor it for ourselves. So when I came into ACOA, when I came into recovery in general, um, because I came in through AA and Al-Anon, um, I didn't have any boundaries, and I didn't think I had to have any boundaries. In fact, I was, I didn't really know the terminology or whatever, but as far as um, the concept, I thought that it was a virtue that I didn't have any boundaries. I thought that it was a virtue that I would be whoever you wanted me to be, and I would be, I would, you know, blend in with the scenery wherever, and God forbid anybody didn't like what I said or did. You know, I could not handle that. Um, and I lived in, in terror of that. And it caused me to compromise myself again and again and again and again. Um, and it didn't just start, you know, in adulthood. It started in, in my family. There weren't boundaries. Um, there was an emotional sobriety in my family. And there was an extreme amount of codependence. Um, to me, boundaries are a real antidote to codependence. Um, uh, just in case people don't, I mean, we talk about codependence all the time. I don't know how often it gets defined. I, probably people have different definitions. But for me, it's when um, I put the needs of another person in front of my own. And I used to get a real, like, charge out of doing that. Uh, and feeling like a martyr and um, feeling valued by other people because I didn't value myself. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't realize that I had abdicated my responsibility to value myself, that I had abdicated my responsibility to have boundaries and limits and lines that I didn't let other people cross. Um, I just didn't have that modeled to me and I didn't understand it. It was like a, a foreign language to me when I when I came in. So um, I'm really grateful to to know that boundaries exist. They're still really difficult for me to to uh, to have. Um, I think in certain situations they're easier than others, um, but it usually comes down to either I'm afraid of the person I need to set a boundary with or um, I want them to like me. And sometimes there's not a lot of difference between those two. Um, <clears throat> because it's really like I'm afraid for them to not like me. Um, and so that's a, a really problematic, or that has been a really problematic way to live my life. Um, I want to read another um, piece of literature to you. Uh, it's an older piece of literature um, that for some reason didn't get put into the Red Book, um, but it's something that I've found to be really, really helpful. Um, and it's all about boundaries. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this before, but this is the Bill of Rights. Um, Number one, I do not have to feel guilty just because someone else does not like what I do, say, think, or feel. Two, it is okay for me to feel angry and to express it in responsible ways. Three, I do not have to assume full responsibility for making decisions, particularly where others share responsibility for making the decision. Four, I have the right to say I don't understand without feeling stupid or guilty. 
Five, I have the right to say I don't know. Six, I have the right to say no without feeling guilty. Seven, I do not have to apologize or give reasons when I say no. Eight, I have the right to ask others to do things for me. Nine, I have the right to refuse requests which others make of me. Ten, I have the right to tell others when I think they are manipulating, conning, or treating me unfairly. Eleven, I have the right to refuse additional responsibilities without feeling guilty. Twelve, I have the right to tell others when their behavior annoys me. Thirteen, I do not have to compromise my personal integrity. Fourteen, I have the right to make mistakes and to be responsible for them. I have the right to be wrong. Fifteen, I do not have to be liked, admired, or respected by everyone for everything I do. Sixteen, I have the right to evaluate my own behavior, thoughts, and emotions, and to take responsibility for their initiation and consequences upon myself. Seventeen, I have the right to offer no reasons or excuses for justifying my behavior. Eighteen, I have the right to decide if I am responsible for finding solutions to other people's problems. Nineteen, I have the right to change my mind. 20, I have the right to be independent of the goodwill of others before coping with them. 21, I have the right to think about my life, my goals, and myself and leave others to God. 22, I have the right to leave the company of people who deliberately or inadvertently put me down, lay a guilt trip on me, manipulate or humiliate me. This includes my alcoholic parent, my non-alcoholic parent, or any other member of my family. 23, I have a right to a mentally healthy, sane way of existence, though it will deviate in whole or in part from my parents' prescribed philosophy of life. 24, I have the right to laugh and play and have fun. I have the right to enjoy this life right here, right now. I have the right to carve out my own place in this world. So a lot of this was news to me, that uh, that I had the right to these things. And... Um, Largely, I was the one that was prohibiting myself from having these rights because I didn't believe that I deserved them. And it's been a long journey, continues to be a long journey, to believe myself worthy of having the rights that are described in the Bill of Rights. And sometimes I can feel confident in setting boundaries and other times I can feel really regressed and small and uh, scared. And, And I've learning to accept myself, you know, wherever I am today um, and know that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to set boundaries perfectly. I don't have to do anything perfectly. Um, And uh, that's just not how I was raised. Um, How much time do I have? Okay. Um, Something was named for me recently um, in this program that I had always well, that I had known about as soon as I started setting boundaries, but I didn't know what to call it. Uh, They called it boundary sickness. And boundary sickness is the fear that I feel, the guilt that I feel, um, the strong feelings that come up as soon as I set a boundary that make me feel like I'm wrong, that make me feel like I'm a bad person, that make me feel like I have to to remove the boundary, And that was really important to 
hear about. It, it's great to have some a name for something, and it's also great to understand that I'm not the only one that feels that way when they set a boundary. Um, saying no to people is hard, especially if in one's family of origin that was really, really, really discouraged. Um, I had a lot of fear around uh, saying no to my parents, and I just didn't do it until I was a teenager. Um, and that's not healthy yet. Um, uh, what's the name of the, um, the guy that writes about uh, child development and, and ACOA, John uh, Bradshaw? Um, John Bradshaw um, has written a bunch on, on this, but um, he talks about uh, people who have trouble setting boundaries didn't get their, um, their infant needs met, their, their two-year-old needs. Um, and the two-year-olds learn, a healthy two-year-old learns to say no, learns that they're separate from other people and that they can set boundaries. Um, and if you're not allowed to do that in your family, then you're at a loss and uh, at a disadvantage to other people that learn how to do that. Because other people, people that can say no, um, can make themselves safe. I used to feel like such a victim because I thought that it was everybody else's fault that I was unsafe and it was really my unwillingness to set boundaries with people. Um, and it was good to, to realize that um, it was something that was within my power um, with the help of uh, the fellowship um, to change um, because that was, that's been a huge change for me and continues to be as I get better at it. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, John Bradshaw encourages people to just practice saying no, <laughs> to just go spend a day going around and just say no to everything that people ask you, um, and, and learn that you can do it and that the sky isn't going to fall, because um, it's a lot like, um, for me, it's been a lot like, um, that kind of experiential therapy that they talk about, I forget what the name of it is, but where you just like experiment with different ways of doing things and you see that something works and then you're not as scared to do it. And so for me, it's all about practicing setting boundaries in small ways and sort of building up to larger ways. And um, the real test for me or is um, setting boundaries when I'm not expecting to. Um, that can be really, really challenging still. Because if I get triggered, I can become two years old and very difficult for me to negotiate for myself in that uh, when I'm, when I'm uh, regressed like that. Um, so it's a work in progress, but something um, that has been really, really helpful to me um, and has given me a lot of freedom and a lot of ability to, um, to make changes in my life. So um, I think I'll leave it at that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.